Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Laura Black, Georgina Blasky, and author, journalist, and key to today's podcast, (laughs) mother, Helen Whitaker. Welcome, Helen. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. (laughs) So for people listening, Helen writes our parenting column, which you've been writing for, God, since the beginning of this year? Yeah. I know, it's great. It's very entertaining. (laughs) It's very informative. It always makes me feel human. And we thought that as, God, about half of our readers are mothers, it would be a good excuse, as you were coming in to talk, to have a slightly parenting-related podcast today. Yeah, fun. And we always try not to sort of bang on our parenting too much. We realise that not everyone's there yet. Some people have passed <laughs> it and some people just don't want to talk about it. But anyway, we thought today we'd embrace it as you're here. No. But we will start with a bit of TV. Yes. So tell us what you're watching. So I've literally made notes on my phone because I was, you know, it's that question that someone asks you and then you're just thinking... What's your favourite movie? You can't yeah, you're just thinking, I can't even think of any film. Never mind a good Well, film. not La La Land. Before we started recording, we were talking about <laughs> films and Rich has just burst my bubble by telling me that La La Land's a terrible, terrible film. Uh, I quite it. enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. But uh, <laughs> currently, the things I'm watching are, I've been watching His Dark Materials on BBC. I don't know if anyone else has been watching that. Ooh, the Philip yes. Woman. It's brilliant. Well, I've watched episode one, but yes. I'm... It's too late on a Sunday to watch it. So I'm watching it with my son. So we oh, yes. catch up. Wednesday night is our allotted oh, day. I love it. I mean, I love the Philip Pullman books that it's based on. And I think they've done a really good job so far. Yeah. Can great. I ask, is that the ad that was on before the strict results last night that looks quite scary? It's dark materials. Yes, that's, that's it. Yeah. Bit spooky. It is. It's sort of slightly supernatural magic yes. realism set yes. in Oxford, but also sort of present day... It's based on some books. It's got a very good young actress in it who plays the character of Lyra, who is very inspirational sort of girl actress. I think there was a spike in people calling their children Lyra after these books came out, and there probably will be another spike after the TV show. Lyra. Lyra. L-Y-R-A. Okay. Um, And yes, it's just a really good family watch, I think. And there are how many in the series? I think there's eight, and there's been two on so far, so you can definitely catch up on it. Out of ten, what would you give it? Well, so far, I'd say it's it's about an eight for me. Mm. I mean, I've read the books and loved them, but I think they've done a really good job. Okay. It's getting very good reviews from people who are very purist about okay. the books and the adaptation. Georgina, what are you watching? So, as well as his dark materials, this weekend I watched a film called What We Did on Our Holiday. So it's a BBC film. I mean, it feels like a made-for-TV film. This is not some glitzy, high-budget production, but it's Billy Connolly, who is playing the grandfather, and David Tennant, who is married to Rosamund Pike and then there's Ben Miller who's his brother and they're all going up for a big family gathering up at Billy Connolly's big Scottish house in the most beautiful scenery up in the Highlands and it's a kind of family drama a comedy and then there are three children who are very similar to the sort of outnumbered feeling and that you get the idea there's been lots of improvisation in the scenes it is incredibly funny what the children say and it's really just about the the way that adults, especially that middle generation, I suppose, are so uptight. They're kind of telling white lies constantly, all very stressed, trying to cover things up. And then you've got these kids who are so honest who just say it as they see it. 
and the grandfather who's kind of aligned with the children in that. I think he's nearing the end of his life. And fuck it, I'm just going to say exactly what I think. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like generation, though, isn't it? Yeah, and it's kind of as a parent in that middle generation. I sort of watched it with my kids thinking my God, I want to be more like one of the generations either side because actually this generation in the middle isn't the most fun place to be right now. (laughs) It was eye-opening and it felt quite pure and simple, actually. It was really good and my kids thought it was hilarious. Oh, really? There is one bit that's very sad, but it's good because they start off, there's various events that happen. Yeah, and then this boy says at the end, when I get back to school, I'm going to have so much to write about what I did in the holidays because a whole load of events unfold. So that's the kind of premise of the film. So it's very sweet. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. What about reading? What are you reading? Oh, God, I read all the time on the tube. That's like my favourite time. And I'm a bit of a book pusher onto other people as well. So I push away. I, I love know. my recommendations. Uh, so the things I've read recently, I also get sent quite a lot of advanced copies. So I'm trying to remember things that are actually out now, which is annoying, obviously, when you're like, oh, it's not out till June 2020. I just read. The new David Nichols book, Sweet Sorrow, which is wonderful. If is you, it? Yes. I've heard real mixed reviews about it. I think it's set in the 90s and it's very nostalgic and it's set over a summer and it's teenagers sort of doing a Amdram performance of a Shakespeare yes, yes. play. I think if you like all those elements, you'll love it. Right. If you don't, you might find it really whimsical and annoying. But okay. I didn't. I found it, so, I really so Amdram, it. fairly niche, but you know. <laughs> then, yeah. And yeah, I thought that was really, really good oh. read. I, I mean, I love David Nichols anyway, so that was a great one. I've just read She Said. I don't know if any of you guys have read that, which is by the two journalists who work for the New York Times who broke the Harvey Weinstein yes. story. Ooh. It's Amazing. I knew, I knew, I knew I knew that was in my head somewhere. Yes, it's really good. I mean, sometimes I feel like you read a non-fiction book that's based on something that happened and you read about in the papers and you're like, this is kind of a long read that someone's extended for far too many pages and actually we all got the gist yes. before. Whereas with this one, it's brilliant. It's like a forensic breakdown of how an investigation works when you work for a newspaper. So if you're into that sort of thing anyway, we were talking about Spotlight earlier on that kind of thing how it works where you get the leads how you put the story together so there's that side of it but there's also just the story itself which is all the stuff that didn't make it into the article all the stuff that since the articles happened there's obviously more come out and more people come forward and there's more elements to the story and even the stories of the sources that they used at the time that you couldn't put all that into a factual new york times piece but Mm. you can talk about it in the book and Mm. the women and where they came from and their backgrounds and you know, the bravery of them. And then there's also a lot of Gwyneth Paltrow intel because she turns out to be quite a key player in getting them access to loads of other Hollywood stars. Is that right? Yeah, so if you love a bit of, you know, 
yes. Hollywood celebrity stuff. There's also a lot of stuff about Gwyneth in there and who it she up my stream. Yeah, yeah, it's, too, it's yeah. really good. I mean, it's I'd forgotten about that. I read about it. It was like must. Yes, reminded me. So, so it's, thank a, you, it's kind of a pacey thriller, but obviously based on that. But I mean, factual. Yes. I mean, that's. I mean, it's the dream mm. um, combination. And obviously, the result is that they did break this story. So. I'm kind of not into non-fiction at the minute where it's really miserable and down because I think there's enough going on in the world that is miserable and down. Whereas this, you're like, the good people triumphed Mm. in the end. (laughs) So at least there's that. And I mean, we'll see how the whole trial pans out. I know, it sounds awful to say, oh, I want to read that. It's so juicy. But yes, I know. I think because the conclusion... now started a whole movement for the better. So I think it's just great. And I mean, the two journalists, Jodie Cantor and Megan Toohey, I mean, they are amazing. They're, They're just so brilliant. Cool, good one. <laughs> so, two, any others? Give us a final. Oh, uh, final one. I read Akin by Emma Donoghue, who's the woman who wrote Room, mm-hmm. and obviously it got turned into a film. And um, so her most recent one, I think it came out in October, it's called Akin, and it's set in the south of France. And it's a completely different a change of pace to Room, which obviously was set in a very small, tiny environment. This follows a... I think he's in his 80s. He's definitely very old. New Yorker who, out of the blue, is given custody of his great-nephew for varying circumstances. People in his family can't look after the child. Mother's in prison. And he, in the midst of this, is trying to research his own history, which takes him back to the south of France during sort of the wartime years. And it's sort of marrying up his past with his present and his great-nephew, who's got lots of problems. And he's it's got very different issues. from Rune. It is. It's, I mean, she's just such a great writer that, I mean, it's so different, but yeah. still so readable. And, yeah, mm. I highly recommend it. Good tips. Thanks. <laughs> must, must, must. She said it's called. Yes, yeah. brilliant. That is back on my list when I get through my... I'm struggling at the moment. One page. I don't know how you do it. I can't even do one page. I'm rereading the same page. I'm in that. I've got to just do that thing when we did our 28-day health and fitness challenge where I, in the evenings, go and read my book, not in bed. Do you do that? You do. You do it on the tube. I read on the tube. Yeah, you see, I don't have that commute, which obviously I'm very lucky. (laughs) But I do wish I had a sort of allocated time in the day, which wasn't just... Well, I'm in the same camp as you. I mean, I've just read sort of a few pages and then I've been reading The Confession by Jesse Burton for like three weeks and I'm still going. Not because it's not a good read, just because I'm, I don't know, tired. Tired time of year, you just want to hunker down and go to sleep. And it gets dark, doesn't it? And you just want to, yeah. yeah. Exactly well, your is in your blood. You can't read more than a sentence. I can't. Uh, honestly, I can't. It's, it's like, it totally is in my blood. Yeah, I try. I really. That's why I enjoyed Adam Kay's book because it was like little short, you know, snippets. I was like, oh yeah, and I actually got through it really quickly. Anyway, he's got a new one out, which I'm going to try and read. It's quite a slim book as well. At my book club, whenever we discuss what book we're going to read next, the first thing everyone says is, how long is it? How much percent is that? Or oh, time well. on the So I've got a question for you. I was at a 40th at the weekend and someone was telling a very funny story about someone at a book club who apparently got really cross when she turned up at book club and some mother said, oh, she'd read x many books and she's like how are you reading so many books how are you getting through it so quickly and it emerged 
that her fellow book clubbie was listening to them on Audible and she was like, that's not reading, was completely outraged. <laughs> that she was coming to book club having, you know, announcing that she'd read all these books but she'd actually listened to all these books. Well, I think that's... I that's think that's still... Yeah. We're still learning it and, yeah. you know... You're absorbing the information. Absorbing, thank yeah. you, that's what I'm looking for. And also I think, I know people who listen to audiobooks in the car because that's yeah, how they yeah. commute to work and especially when it's... I know if you've read like Louis Theroux's autobiography, they read it themselves. Yeah. You actually oh, yeah. get a double layer of... Yeah. From it, or you get Kate Winslet reading Matilda. I mean, exactly. lovely. <laughs> yeah, I think you can still say you read it if you listen yeah. to it. I think that's yeah. Mm. I don't think you can say you read it. I think you can say I listened to it. I think, I think reading th- is a verb to read. Yeah, I consumed it. I consumed, <laughs> consumed yeah. it. Perfect. Done. There we go. <laughs> I've done that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, done that one. I like it. Okay, let's talk about your book. Okay. Let's talk about the school run. Uh, yes, that was a great book. Congratulations. <laughs> when did that come out? August. Is this your first book? Yes. Well, it's my first book that I've had published. Different thing. (laughs) How did you get published? So I wrote a book a while ago, two or three years ago, that I managed to get an agent through that. I sent it out to some agents and got my lovely agent, Sarah. And we sent that out to publishers and no one wanted to publish it. So that was a blow. But one of the publishers that we sent it to, they said, if you can't find a publisher for this book, we don't want this fiction about what it's about, but we like the way she writes. So if you don't find another home for it, come back to us and we'll talk about some other ideas. And that's what ended up happening in the end. So I went in to see Sam at Trapeze and we talked about some other book ideas and threw some ideas around. And then she basically said she was interested in another one of my ideas. And that's kind of how I got published. And that's where the school run came from. Yes. So people listening, can you tell us what it's about? A novel, a comedy, I hope. Yes, Um, it is. (laughs) About the lengths that parents, particularly mums in this suburb of London in Walthamstow, the lengths they'll go to to get a school place for their child at the local primary school. And it's a uh, religious school. So there's a lot of trying to get one over on each other, trying to suck up to the vicar who just so happens to be very sexy as well. So that's not too much of a chore. And trying to move house or trying to pretend they've moved house or basically just trying to get in with the headmaster and all the things that people try and do when they're trying to get their child into a school that is totally oversubscribed. No morals, basically. (laughs) No morals. It's all out the window. No, which it's one of those things as well, though, that I think everyone is slightly appalled about it, but also the statistics show that so many people are doing it that... It's quite rife. And when you say people are doing it, you're talking about trying to get their children into religious schools. Well, trying to get them into any schools and... Or uh, trying to cheat the system. Trying to cheat the system in various ways. Not trying to get into the local church school, because those are also very, especially (laughs) highly sought after places. There are some atheists running very, very popular (laughs) playgroups in churches. But yeah, you know, renting a house in the catchment area Mm. when you actually live quite far away or even you know, taking your entire family to a two-bedroom flat when there's actually five of you for six months whilst you get into the school. Things like that, they're all going on. It's a very mm. middle-class fraud, basically. And who came up with the concepts? Was it the publisher or was it you? It was sort of between us, really. They were interested in doing a book about parenting and about this very specific competition. Mm. And then I kind of went away and thought about it and yeah, came up with these characters and this whole idea of them fighting over these mm. places and, you know, the countdown with people trying to work out how many places there are and who their competition is and, and what's going to happen and then I wanted it to be about that which obviously has a lot of scope for comedy in that situation of what people will do and slightly slapstick things you'll try and say in front of the head teacher but also I wanted to make it a bit richer in terms of 
the personalities and lifestyles of the two main characters as well, that this isn't the only thing they're trying to cope with. Because I think just a straight fight between women over a school place is a little bit small in scope. Whereas if you then add in all the stuff that all parents and mums deal with, mothering guilt, or do you go back to work, do you not go back to work, can you afford not to go back to work? If you can afford to go back to work, how do you deal with childcare? How do you deal with your relationship? Can you afford to go back to work? Exactly, you know, and is everyone pulling their weight if you're in a sort of heterosexual relationship? Is your husband opting out of the childcare because they can oh just go to work. Oh my God, I mean, so many topics here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so it's like, you know, mental load and then how your friendships change, yeah. how you feel like you're being judged all the time, maybe you're judging yourself, all of those things. So I just kind of wanted a big story about but we're the good, good, good helping of humour. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of comedy in it. And have you had a good response to it? <laughs> yes, I've had some really nice reviews. I got some into a lot of nice magazines with it. And I only know my Amazon ratings because my dad keeps a very close eye on it. Too close. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what dad's for. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to know if someone said something horrible about me. <laughs> anyway, you're screening them. And so far, it's all yes. it's a, it's a big thumbs <laughs> Yes. And you are a mother of... I've got a almost four-year-old son. Okay. And so this wasn't a situation you were in yet. No, but I am now. But you are now. Yes, and I'm... And how do you feel about it now? Because you were writing a book about something you hadn't experienced yourself. Yes. Is it just uncanny how it's now playing out? Are you that person considering putting on a playgroup in your living (laughs) room? Luckily, where I live, which is in Walthamstow, there are quite a few decent primary schools, so I am hoping that I don't end up in a situation where it's a fight to the death to get into one particular school. But... The irony is not lost on me that I am now touring schools mm-hmm. and having that slight palpitation of like, but this would be a nice one for him to go to. But what if we don't get into this one? What if there's no other good schools? What if this is his entire future ruined because he doesn't get into the reception class that we want? But yes, luckily, I think it'll be OK. But I mean, hopefully I've not jinxed myself by writing a book about... There is a bit of me thinking, that's the woman who's using all of our experiences in her novel. <laughs> when do you find out in January, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I remember pressing refresh, 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 finding out what school is. It's terrifying. It's I like know. getting exam results. We're kind of doing the tours at the minute and it's that thing where you go into one and you're like, okay, this seems good. There's teachers, there's walls, there's, you know, everything's going on. And then you're kind of, but then you go and see the next one. You're like, okay, this one's quite good. But which one do we put first? And how, if we don't put this one first, do we never get into this one? It's, yeah, tricky. And have you had advice from people? What research do you do? I had a lot of stories when I was writing the book about, you know, trying to get into schools or people who were trying to game the system. And it was always a friend of theirs, in inverted commas. It was never them. Particularly from people whose children go to religious schools. They had a lot of advice about, you know, as I mentioned before, the register being taken in church and to make sure you're very front and present so the priest can see you or they can see you. In terms of actually applying for schools, most of it is just don't try and game the system. Just pick the ones you want, put it at the top. Well, let's talk about judgment. You touched on judgment. Mm -hmm. Helen, that's one of the themes in the book. Yes. How do you feel as a mother in regards to other mothers and being judged? Do you care? I mean, you seem quite confident in yourself. Um, Is it something that... I think the thing is, when you have a baby, you might feel like a relatively confident person. And usually, you know, you've chosen a career, you've chosen where to live, you've got your friends, you've got all this stuff set up. And then all of a sudden... 
you go home with the baby from the hospital, which I don't know about you, but I had that moment where I was like, is they just going to let me leave? No one's even going to ask me a question. I mean, we adopted a cat from a charity and they came around to see our house to make sure we were decent people. I was like, that was for the cat. You're just going to let me walk out of here with this baby carrier and like no knowledge of how to do anything. But all of that goes out the window because you just have, you know, it's a human. So you can't fix them to do exactly what you want when you want so you have all those moments where you are really unsure of yourself and you're thinking okay is this we're meant to try and put them down for a nap now okay that's not working okay uh what now walk around for a bit that's not working and you're kind of it's constant and had you thought you were going to parent a certain way and then you parented a completely different way or did you stick to your guns (laughs) well I mean the first bit is a blur but I think I stuck to my guns in the sense that I thought just do whatever it takes and that's kind of been my parenting style ever since let's just try and make sure everyone is happy most of the time that's kind of (laughs) (laughs) and Georgina do you feel the same talk to us about judgment and because it's a big topic around mothers isn't it yeah you know it's in our human nature to judge and know that we are being judged. How do you feel about it? Well, I feel that I think I slightly feel now my children are a bit older. They're 10 and nearly 11 and 13. And I feel as time goes on, I am becoming less judgmental of other people and trying to encourage them to be less judgmental. So I think you have sort of modelling that behaviour. But I certainly remember those early days. I remember wheeling my pram around Clapham Common with a baby screaming in it, with tears pouring down my face, thinking, anyone who sees me is going to think I'm the worst mother in the world. And But I almost feel it's that inner voice that you most harshly judge yourself. I feel like I definitely did more than probably anyone else judged me. So I am quite guilty occasionally of judging other people because I do have sort of the occasional fixed thing like if we're away on holiday, I'll let them have, you know, whatever they want on the plane. I, I don't really care too much about that. But once we get to a hotel, if we're going out for dinner or something really special, then I won't let them have any iPads or phones at the table ever. And we never have. And I'm really quite strict on it. And I don't know why. It's just my mindset now and I'm mm. completely set on it. So if I see... You know, in the restaurant, there's all these kind of little faces with the headphones illuminated watching a movie and the parents are there next to them. I'm like, oh. But then I also have to have words myself. I'm like, you don't know the backstory. Yeah. Maybe yeah. their children hate babysitters. Maybe, you know, everyone's different. You know, maybe they fed the kids at five and now it's seven. So I've become less judgmental. So I don't think I judge people on really big things. Yeah. It tends to be on more things I would like say the that. iPad thing, when you, you wrote like the iPad story, and I remember going to one of my favourite restaurants when I think I was pregnant with one of the children. And there was this family, this really sort of glamorous family sitting there they're having a really nice meal and they had two children with them probably quite young sitting there with iPads and I remember being just absolutely horrified I was like oh, I can't believe they're sitting in a restaurant they've got their children sitting there with iPads and anyway fast forward you know and I've now got an eight seven and two year old and the child's learning difficulties who physically cannot sit still that long and actually if we're going to have supper with them on holiday we do after they've eaten we do actually now give them an iPad so I, I sort of yeah, but that's I and now I'm so you know we're but after they've eaten so you sit down initially and you're like having a nice chat I'm like stretching out a game of you know, for as long as yeah. we can we usually just have to order something as quickly as possible for oh we do I'm like you literally walk in the door you're like anything child friendly bring it whenever it's ready whenever it's ready and then we will order once we sit down and two wines thank you <laughs> I used to, I don't do it now because he's a bit better now. My son really struggles to sit still, especially when he's hungry. Yeah. And so I used to ring our local Pizza Express. We were going there, I'd ring them on my way and I'd be like, 
Hi, we're on our way. Can I order two piccolo menus, please? Dough balls and two margaritas. And I, I'd that literally... very good. So that the dough balls were on the table. Because otherwise my son was like, where yeah. are my dough balls? When are my dough balls going to be ready? Yeah. Are my dough balls ready? Mommy, where am I? Am I, am I in the kitchen? I'm not in the kitchen. If you want to go and ask them, feel free. But how do I know? Do you think I know? Yeah. And this, this, the second the waitress walks away and they're like, where's my food? And you're like, where's my oh. food? Is it, is it really, is it coming in a minute? Like, I don't know. I'm not in the kitchen. What's going on? <laughs> Well, I'm the same. One step in the door, I haven't sat down. Oh, yeah. 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 Colours. Exactly. You know. And tables, ace have. <laughs> now. Anyway, <laughs> get back to judgment. Laura, what about you? Judging? When I had my first child, she was quite straightforward. I was always quite strict with her. I did a routine. She kind of did everything quite by the book. And I probably did judge. And then I have my second child who is just a whole other ball game and is very vocal and screams at literally everything. So then I started to be a bit less judgmental because I kind of felt that anybody else that was in a similar situation, particularly on like a train or a bus or something where they just don't stop screaming. I always so feel for them because I've been there a million times. Then I have my third child very close to my second and I just basically had three babies all screaming all the time. And now... <laughs> You've got no time now, to judge anyone else. I, yeah, I just can't. <laughs> I was like, I'm sticking with one. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just can't. I can't judge anymore because I'm just always winging it and mine are always chaotic. So I'm just, yeah. Well, no, I'm trying chaotic, not to. Too. You're not on your own. No. But don't they say it's the hardest thing to do and the easiest thing to judge parenting? Yeah. And I think that is so yeah, true. Yeah, that is yeah. true. I always talk about the time where a friend of mine who I've always really admired her parenting skills talked to me about public parenting. And she was like, sometimes you've just got to think, fuck everyone around me. (laughs) This is not okay. And I'm going to give my child a complete telling off now. Oh yeah, you've got to follow through. It's funny because you see people not disciplining their children Mm -hmm. and you judge them because they're not disciplining their children. And then you think, God, the flip side of that is to discipline them and have everyone watching you. And it's kind of like, (laughs) well, what's the right thing to do? I don't know. I remember my son having a haircut and he literally skits things so I wouldn't give him my phone because he not behaved and he wanted my phone to sit still and have his haircut and he hated his haircut and I said no I'm not giving it to you because that behaviour is not okay and I was like you've got to follow through oh. and I just knew I was over <laughs> it's the worst when you have to and follow. I was it's like I can't, you relax, I can't <laughs> go back and there was someone I knew in the hairdressers which was even worse because I was like if I don't follow through now she's going to think I'm a bad mother so I followed through it and what played out was the most vile oh, vile behaviour from my child who I love to death but in a public place I nothing better picked him there. up literally in my arms mid haircut marched him screaming through him in the car I was like, I'm so angry with you. I can't even speak. Slammed the car door, went back to the head and said, I'm really sorry. I'll finish the cut at home. <laughs> Did you? Paid, yeah. I would. I went and finished this haircut myself. <laughs> and they I saw, I texted again. my friend and I was like, I'm so mortified about what happened. I was like, but I just had to follow through. And yeah. she was like, we've all been there. And told me some sweet story about it having happened to her. But I'm sure she judged me. I hope she judged me less. Having followed no, through I think and... if you follow through, then at least you're trying to regulate the behaviour yeah. yes. it's just not always easy though no, but it's just terrible because the punishments generally are worse for you than they are for them because yeah. when you're threatening to take them home if they don't start behaving then all you're thinking is oh god now we've got yeah. to go home and everyone will be in a terrible mood and I yeah. quite wanted to come here today yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I know also I think you have to remember that 
there are many people that don't go through that at some point some might go through it more some might go through it less yes, but actually definitely. it's normal <laughs> I know someone who was really preachy about their child not watching television I didn't know her very well but I always thought god she looks like this perfect mother who never does anything wrong and I don't really know my children and then I got chatting to literally one of her best friends she's like oh my god her children watch TV all the time <laughs> I was like oh, no wait this is absolute horseshit and this, this <laughs> woman preaching on about no I think it was that they didn't watch children in the week but literally at the weekends they don't step away from the TV so nothing is what it's yeah I had one of those as well coming around to tea they don't eat sugar they don't eat sugar so I like and it was a birthday tea party so I'd gone really out of my way I I really stressed about the cake had to look homemade with nothing too bad on it but then I did put like a bowl full of party rings something on the table because it's a birthday party I mean this child literally walked into my house and dived into this bowl of party rings because they just never had it what's your approach to food and your children oh well my child is a bottomless pit of hunger our thing when we go to birthday parties is he will walk into the house and ignore you know the celebration the party games and he will sit himself down at the table and be like right i'm ready for my lunch now <laughs> <laughs> exactly the people running the party will be obviously thinking no, we were going to do some games and then we we're going to do the, then we we're going to have lunch. I'm like, I have brought snacks to, <laughs> to keep him away from this table. Yeah, I mean, he never stops moving though. So I'm a bit like, he can eat whatever he yeah. likes. You know, I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean, I'm not going to say no to any sugar because I like chocolate bars. So I can't. <laughs> Sometimes you're just like, but I want a chocolate bar. So we could both have a chocolate bar. I'm like, yeah, is that time? Is that time? <laughs> so I think unless you are one of those people who you don't eat sugar yourself or, you know, yeah. you're very disciplined like that, then. I just think it's mean if I'm going to sit and have a yeah. fun-sized Mars bar out of the Halloween chocolate. I can't be like, not non-food. <laughs> yeah. But we try and get a balanced diet in him. Yeah. But I mean... Everything in moderation. Yeah. 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 Well, I think so too. Do you agree, Georgina? Yeah, I think everything in moderation. And I also think it's just funny what you're saying about the food <laughs> and what you were just saying, Georgie, about the TV. So the mum, he's like, oh yes, it's only home-cooked mush or whatever they're eating at certain stages and then I saw her with an Ella's kitchen Ooh. pouch as I walked past a cafe one day I was like oh, that is not home cooked I now don't feel guilty that I'm walking around with it I mean thank god for Ella's kitchen oh, pouch yeah. you an Ella's pouch yes kind of gal yeah I tried to do the making them myself and everything he wouldn't eat any of them so I was kind of they're not smooth enough that's the trouble <gasps> even the lumpy it's not that lumpy I know but that's oh, you try, I was back. trying to be yeah. this sort of very efficient perfect mum I'm going to make my homemade you know blitzed up carrots and everything every time I did it he wouldn't eat the bloody thing and then you get an Ella's out you like oh delicious yeah we've got to talk about travel Yep, travel and children. We mentioned iPads. There was a great article last summer about traveling with children and how you basically need to put all your judgments, all your morals, all your rules into a box and pack them away in the holds and forget about them until you get off the plane on the other side because not only have you got yourself to think about, you've got everyone else on that plane and you just got to get through it. Was it the same? I think I might have read this. It's the same one where they basically said if you're going to have a nice time on holiday, you kind of have to do that for the whole holiday as well. You have to be like not so regimented about your bedtime routine if you want to have a good time oh, I don't you have to was, that relax. sounds like a good article as well yeah it's basically if you're going to stick to all these rules nobody yes. is going to have a good time <laughs> so. I remember I remember <laughs> someone saying they went on holiday and they said, we're going to stay on English time <laughs> while we're on holiday <laughs> So they were all sort of getting up in the middle of the no. night just so they kept their children on the routine of the English time. 
because they thought it would be less stressful when they got back yeah. home again. But you're right, you've just got to let it yeah, go. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, we had to go through quite an <laughs> ordeal with the bedtime routine to try and get my son to actually sleep. So we were slaves to this routine for a long time and very, like, when we went anywhere, but we've got to start with bedtime routine, we've got to do the bath, we've got to do the stories. Can't leave until lunchtime because it's when the lunchtime lunch exactly. is. We've got to do this. And then we went to Portugal last year for my cousin's wedding. And it was one of those do's that, you know, he didn't eat till eight. This happened. When we got there, we were like, we just have to be, he's not going to go to bed until whatever time tonight. We're probably going to have to carry him back to the hotel. But it would have been rubbish if we'd been like, okay, we're off now. Yeah. Like half six. Sit in the hotel room in silence whilst (laughs) he try and get him to go to sleep. But I think, yeah, if you're going on holiday, it's got to be a holiday for everybody. And it's kind of. They're usually pretty resilient, aren't they? They can adapt. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken me three children to get to that point. Well, yeah. (laughs) Likewise. They do adapt. I was a big advocate of a routine and I swear by it personally, you know, each their own. But I went back to work very quickly and kind of gave me the freedom to know I could get some work done at lunchtime because yeah. I knew that oh no I love don't asleep. get me wrong I love the routine and it's not for everyone caveat but <laughs> for me it gave me freedom yeah. and I will stand by that but yeah. that said routine for child number one versus child number three very very different um, I'd definitely I think it's only it's only three years in that I can like diversify from the routine because I know we can go back to the routine so yeah. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah you can stay up till 10 when we're on holiday when we get home though yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no 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 <laughs> totally Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Georgina, you've been through it all. Tips of traveling with children. Tips of traveling with early teens. Oh, well, if they've got their phone, they're happy. Phone, Kindle, and I just think food is really important. (laughs) Lots of snacks. I think when they're little, I remember when my daughter was maybe about two and we flew on a flight that was going to be about six hours, seven hours. We didn't have an iPad then. And um, I just, I know all the magazines, you know, the, the magazines that I never buy that are about £4.50 and the toy with that plastic yeah. on the right. They, at the airport, are an absolute lifesaver. I think before any flight, that's the only time I let my kids get magazines. So do I, and it's also good bribery before then. Mm. I'm always like, well, if you're good, then you can get a magazine You get a £5 airport. magazine yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they are making good margin on those plastic oh, yeah, toys, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Freaking hell, it's all about the toys. All about toys. So, yeah, traveling with kids, I just think it's food and a few activities, a few things. And I guess also, as they get older, it's maybe explaining to them a bit that the flight is this long. You'll get meals at this time. I think if they just know a bit of information, actually, even at kind of school age onwards, they just feel a bit more like they know what to do and what's expected of them when. And mm-hmm. I think that's really that good advice in general. A bit and better. also, especially traveling, they quite like things like 
oh, I tell you what, why don't you go and look out for the suitcases? Or why don't we get... Give you can hold the passports in the queue. Or you oh, can, oh, and oh, things oh, like oh, that. Not the Are you <laughs> no, in the queue. They're right next to you. No, They're no, not no. You'd be, be amazed what could happen. <laughs> My husband managed to lose a boarding pass. And that was him. So well, I'm never going to the kid the boarding Well, it depends on the age. depends on the age. Not with the husband, I'm sure. My worst travelling experience with my children was coming back from Dubai, which is the longest airport oh, I've ever been to. I mean, like everything in Dubai, everything's effing massive. And I think it's about a 30-mile walk from one end of <laughs> the airport to the other. And we were in a pool cafe at one end of the airport and our gate was at the other. As oh. usual, we were lost to get to the gate I mean standard I don't know why I always say can we just not be rushing can it not be a panic can't tell you how many times you've seen us <laughs> running through the airport honestly I mean freaking chaos we have not we've nearly missed I've had to like put a baby on the counter and start crying <laughs> oh, God. because they were shutting the check out uh, I mean we are so many so I don't know why we're so inept <laughs> but we left Otto's finding Nemo rucksack with his bunny and his iPad in the cafe at the far, far oh, end. No. And it's basically one long straight line of effort. We got to the gate and Otto goes, my bunny, my bunny. Oh, no, stop it. it. Years ago. And we turn around and we're like, where's the rucksack? James is like, where's the rucksack? I'm like, I don't know, where's the rucksack? And he's like, fuck. Oh my God. Oh my God. He took my it heart. off because there was a plaything over there. And we were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. We turn around to all these people at the gate and I was like, oh my God, my son's bunny. He's left at the thing. Can we just run? They're like, the gate is closing in two minutes. Oh I mean, it, it, to probably, I'm not exaggerating how long the airport is in Dubai. Look it up, it's long. <laughs> and I was like, please, 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 we can't go on this flight without it. And my husband was like, I'm going to run. So he <gasps> dropped his things and he literally ran and they were not getting it at all. And I was kind of, I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I was like, but you know, he's four years old and he can't sleep without it. And he's had it every day of his life since he was a baby. And there's all these people... On the same, we don't even get on the plane. They're like, you've got to get on the plane right now. So I'm like, start getting the body part. And I'm just looking and I'm thinking, come on, come back, Jonesy, come like back. And you, all you can see is this long, and I just could not see him. And then slowly, literally, slowly, 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 I could see this thing moving and I could see him running, running, running. And I could see him running. And I was like, he hasn't got the rucksack. <gasps> he hasn't got the rucksack. And he got back and he's like, it wasn't there. Oh my god, oh, what? No. Literally, we got on the plane and they were like, You need to sit down now. We were the last week on the plane. Buggies, three children. I mean, I was then called my assistant and I was like, um, You need to call Lost Property, please. ASAP, Otto's bunny is, is missing. She's like, Oh my god, oh my god, I'm just getting on the plane. I was like, I've got to go. I'm getting on the plane like this. Anyway, long story short, I mean, bear in mind, he has learning difficulties and struggles with attention. I mean, somehow we made it through the flight. I don't know how. And oh, got back. He was actually really quite grown up about it. And anyway, we got it back. No. And it had been picked up by cleaning. Wow. And anyway, they FedExed it back or whatever they did. I don't know if the next few days he's like, where Bunny? Where Bunny? Oh, no. And he was like, darling, Bunny's coming on another plane. Anyway, he came back. Rucksack, Kindle, Bunny, everything. We're all so thank you to Dubai oh, Airport. All came back to that us. That makes my and heart ache a bit. <laughs> honestly, being on a plane without their... I think you've got to have their teddy and... Kindle. Essentials. Oh, if you're in the car, book tapes. Yeah, good one. Tape. Yeah, I put that. Tape. Yeah, story tapes and okay, not tapes. Audible. Children's audible. CDs. The rolled out. The rolled out. That's a good Christmas yeah. present. If anyone's yes. wondering what to give nieces or nephews, that is a good really one. good. I remember driving to France, and the children were all asleep in the back of the car, 
and my husband was like, can you turn it off? I can't hear it. I was like, sorry. <laughs> I think I've had rolled up for about six hours. Do you think we could have a break? He's like, no, we did it at the end of James and the Giant Peach or whatever it was. Anyway. Let's talk about competitive parenting. You've written about competitive parenting. Yes. For sure, Lance. Are you a competitive parent? Do you think you would be? Are you not? I think I am, but more to myself than to anyone else. Like, you hold yourself to such a high standard that you can never attain this. You're like, my child will, be, will do this, they'll be impeccably dressed, you know? And you're like, no, we're all just trying to get out of the house and you've got food down your front. And I'm, at this point, we're like, fine, we just need to go. Oh, my mum, my mum picked my children up from my in-laws yesterday and she's like, mm, yes, darling, uh, Mimi was wearing a rather strange outfit. She had a half on her head, leggings under her skirt. <laughs> That's what I know. I was like, I'm sorry, but a third child. Third child. <laughs> she wants to dress herself. I don't really care exactly. anymore. Exactly. Whereas with Coco, I was like, God, Peter Pan collar, it's all going to match. Matching bows. You know, now I'm just like, whatever. You look like Annie. But, also, um, my son refuses to wear anything other than what he refers to as fluffy trousers, which is jogging trackies. bottoms. Yeah, because he thinks everything else is too stiff. And yeah, mine too. Mine hates jeans. Yeah. Hinders his hates running, them. climbing, jumping about yeah. kind of activities. So yeah, I think, yeah, it's just hard. And then you have that moment where you think that someone is the perfect parent and their child always looks immaculate and, you know, they're doing everything right, their child's learning baby Mandarin or something. But then sometimes there's a little chink and they'll tell you when, you know, oh, God, and we had this terrible day when, you know, this happened and I lost my temper and I was so impatient. And all of a sudden you're like, I like you more now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you've shown a few vulnerabilities. Yeah. As soon and, as yeah. that happens, then you actually are a bit more like, oh, thank God, we don't yeah. have to keep pretending that yeah. it's all fine or... You know, I think just, that's it, isn't it? That's the tedious thing of parenting, I think. is that kind of smugness that some people give off that... Although nothing's ever what it's seen, is it? <laughs> I am determined not to get sucked into competitive parenting. It's hard, though, isn't it? It's hard. It's, it's like everything. You always compare yourself to somebody else. I think maybe if my children were a bit more competitive, then I would be. So <laughs> I'm a really competitive person. Like, it's in my blood. Like, my family are super competitive. My husband and I are really competitive with each other. Like, when we play backgammon and someone's <laughs> whipping the other, or tennis, or whatever, we've somehow bred these children that do not have a competitive bone <laughs> in their body. Yet. Coco, oh, God, sports say she's skipping along at the back, having a chat with her friends. I'm like, it's a race! I've now just had to totally give up. She couldn't give a crap. And it's quite disappointing. But I've I've had to basically go, there's no point being competitive because my children aren't. But what about being competitive with them? So I taught my daughter to play backgammon over the summer. And once she'd grasped it, I was like, right, I'm in it to win it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm not only my being... You're like my husband. I have to remind him that it's his child he's playing Connect Forward and not me. You've got to take the wins in life wherever you can get them from whoever. So not with other parents, just with your children. Yeah, exactly. No, but I do think... You know when you get your red book... And oh, it yeah. says, your milestones. Your child will be rolling at this stage. Well, you're crawling. Yeah, crawling at that stage and they'll be sleeping through by about this sort of time. And at this age, they can be that height and that weight and all of this stuff. So very early on, you're set on this course of what you should be doing and everyone, what they yeah, should actually. be doing. And I just think, I just don't think that's very helpful. No. Whilst it's useful to have guides on things, it's just presented to people who are probably in quite a vulnerable state of mind, actually, already, yeah. and then go, but my child isn't rolling and my child isn't sleeping through and can't finish that many ounces of milk or whatever it is. So I think it kind of breeds this competitiveness or this comparing quite yes. quickly. Mm. And I think that's quite dangerous, actually, because but that's when I the judgment starts. I guess they need starts. to set the rough. 
Yeah, but I think it's just done in a way that makes you doubt maybe your own instincts sometimes. Mm -hmm. So then you look to compare to other people to see what should be happening and then that can very quickly turn into sort of although I had a child that didn't make I had a child who missed every milestone and has any difficulties and so so, you needed the milestones so so without the milestones if there'd been no benchmark but I'm not criticising the milestones per se what I mean is that I think you can start judging yourself harshly wider yeah I think maybe it's like you yourself fixate on it yeah sometimes you're thinking, or if, you know, we had a baby that was born on exactly the same day and she was the one who slept through the night and got into the routine straight mm. away and we're still going, what, what? Yeah. And we sleep at night. And similarly, like, potty trained herself in 24 hours, literally. It was yeah. like, you know, oh, that's a lie. That's not Don't true. believe it. <laughs> Whilst we were just going... Those people are always telling... Right, they've quietly been doing it for two weeks and then one day the child went on her own and they seem to have, like, forgotten that. Well, exactly. But I think you fixate on that yeah. instead of just thinking, my child clearly could not care less whether or not he goes to the toilet in the toilet, yeah. in his pants. Let's just hold off for now. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, unless there is something more. On that subject, hold <laughs> off. That's what I would say. I'm still scarred from my potty training. My oh, yeah, I would say wait. Probably, I went home with my mum, from a different generation, said, oh, I think it's about time. I think, you know, little girls... You know, perhaps shouldn't be wearing nappies now. I mean, oh my God, I spent the entire week, the entire week going, do a week, Coco. Will you do, I'll give you 10,000 Smarties if you do a week. With everyone in the car going, we've got to go. And I was like, I can't go, she hasn't done a week. And then she gets up, pees all over the carpet, like two seconds later. I mean, I still haven't gone over it. Child number two, we missed every milestone, but we left it a whole other year. Like, almost did get in 24 hours. We did exactly the same. Honestly, just don't rush anything, I would say. Yeah. We had the whole bedwetting thing, and I remember just like, just when it was kind of time to be going on sleepovers and all of that, and you're like, well, I'm not sure she's quite ready yet. And it went on and on and on and on. And what did it for you? A bed mat alarm. So I oh, went to the GP. What says, alarm. And it was a really clever one where you could record anything. So we recorded her voice. Your well, voice. Her voice. She recorded her own voice. Wake up, you're doing a wee. <laughs> and she ran within, I think it was three nights. Done. Really? Well, I've never heard of that. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Bedwetting is something that's not really talked about enough, I think, and it follows on very much from potty training that you then start, obviously, it's night so training. Great. People become, I think, really secretive about it. Yeah, they feel mm. really it ashamed. It becomes this real shame. Yeah. And I know a few people this has been a really difficult thing for. But the more you talk to people about it, the more people do come forward and everyone's like, oh, I've had this problem, we've had this problem in our house. And it's quite tough on everyone at times if you're staying away from home and things like that but there is a great charity called Eric and they even have a phone line where you can just call in and speak to somebody because it really can wear everybody down a bit so and what as a charity what does it do so they advise you so they've got great blogs and tips on their website they've also oh. got product and they have a helpline and they have charts and you know all of those things but the helpline was really helpful for me with the withholding as well oh really hmm. Eric E-R-I-C yeah Interesting. I agree, though. It's funny how these, these sort of potty training people are really open about bedwetting. Mm. It's quite different, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and then the child themselves are embarrassed as well. Like, I say, know. if they start going to sleepovers and pressure. things, and then, exactly. yeah, then they... Sleep Tell you what, there's something called... I think it is it an umbrella sheet or a brolly sheet that somebody recommended to me, and it's just the best thing. So it's like an extra piece of... It's like half a sheet that you put over your mattress. You also have the waterproof sheet and your normal sheet, and then you just put that over. But if they do wet the bed... You just whip that bit off and then the rest of the bed is they can still get back into. So you're not changing sheets in the middle of the night, basically. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? That's yes. clever. Yes. Did you buy several of those? Well, I have one for each child. And it's just what? Tucked in? The... So you just tuck it over. It's like a strip that you tuck it over and under, but it's like sheet on top and waterproof underneath. And then if they wet the bed in the night, you just whip that bit off and then the bed's still good to go. Mm. So you're not changing sheets, which good is too. the worst in the middle of the night. And it's also yeah. that stage where you've just got used to all of you sleeping through the night again. Yeah. And suddenly that's gone again. And yeah. it's like, no, no. Or you just do what I did last week, which was forget to put a nappy on my two-year-old. That's me last night. Oh. Mom, my three-year-old forgot. I woke up in the middle of the night, her screaming. I was like, what's the matter? I'm wet. Oh my God, I did too. <laughs> Mimi, Mimi, who barely needs a nappy at night now. I'd failed. She's dry most nights. Oh. And then I go in to give her a kiss goodnight before I go to bed. And she's like in a sea of piss. That's so funny that I did exactly the same. Oh, I was so cross myself. So robbing myself of half an hour in bed as I mucked around with washing machines. (laughs) Let's move from talking about the children to talking about the parents a bit more. Let's talk about baby proofing your relationship. I actually went to a workshop last week and it was quite sort of searching. Everyone had to ask themselves questions and then sort of reveal to the group the answers to the questions, which with people you don't know is quite intimidating. But one of the questions was, what are you most proud of? And lots of people said their children, which we're obviously all very proud of our children. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no. And so I said that it was my relationship with my husband and that three children on, I still made time for him. We made time for each other. And that was a real priority in our house. And that's something that I think we really both focused on from the minute they were born mm-hmm. I would say yeah. I think for me where it came from was an article I read with Davina McCall who is now divorced so it's perhaps not so I was going <laughs> to say it's not she so relevant <laughs> but she did years ago I've quoted this article she said her priority was her relationship with her husband and that her children were just passing through and one day they would leave home and it would just be her and him so sounds really sweet and you'd go ah oh, if you didn't know they were divorced yeah however I think it always stuck with me and so when I had children I was really determined to nurture my relationship with my husband yeah I think you have to do that then. I think it's really important yeah I think it's really important because um, you you two existed before yeah the child did and hopefully you two as a couple will exist for a long time when they're grown up and when they've you know fled the nest and all that yeah so I think definitely. Is it something that you have consciously focused on or you try to make time to. for each other? I mean, I think it's one of those things in the first, I mean, I only have one child. So people who've got more than one child, obviously this goes each time. But I think when you first have the baby, everything explodes and you can't be like, oh, we must have a date night. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying date night on day three. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. I think that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to be like this, uh, you know, sexual being like one yeah, week yeah. in when you're oh, just... No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as time goes on, yeah, you definitely have to try and find your way back to like time as a couple and time, you know, hopefully if you can get babysitters and stuff without your child and just be kind to each other. Because I think mm-hmm. it's very easy when you're, when things are hard, when your child's not sleeping for whatever reason or your child's unhappy and work's difficult and everything's going on in your life it's easy to lash out at the person you kind of love the most in your relationship because they're there all the time and it also I sometimes think it becomes a bit competitive doesn't it yeah, like I'm doing more than sleep. you or you're, yeah, yeah. you're doing well I'm working harder than you or I'm yeah, yeah I've slept more you had that then... weekend away with your friends and exactly. I never get to go yes. anywhere you know that I always say of... well I wasn't filing my nails <laughs> oh here we go yeah. exactly so I think it's easy to lash out you know date nights and everything are really lovely but at the same time it's just kind of being kind to each other a lot yeah. of the time and kind of thinking no they 
they've had a stressful day too. Or no, he was sick on his face two days ago. So he's probably going to have a vomiting virus very soon. So maybe they need looking after too. So no, I think it's definitely you need to try and baby-proof your relationship. I don't think it's just about date nights though. Like this is not what I'm saying. This Mm. is about a cuddle on the sofa and watching Yeah, or even just... cuddle in the morning. Just talking. A a conversation. Yeah, Yeah, sitting down and having supper and conversation with each other. That's the bit we protect. We've tried to ring fence, although my son is going through a phase where he's refusing to go to bed so it's making it very hard and we're back in a zone where one of us eats our dinner and then the other one goes in and we tag team but we our thing has always been once my son's in bed we have our dinner together and we sit down and that's when we talk about mm. our day and we don't look at our phones and we don't look at the telly and we don't you know we are just at the dinner table together yeah, yeah and that's when we catch up and yeah. it is all those things that are like oh a funny thing happened today yeah. or you know this is annoying me or but it can just be I mean my husband's better at it than I am but you know it can just be a text message or a call yeah. or that isn't about have you ordered yes have you ordered more bin bags or <laughs> yeah. I forgot to whatever just something that's like god I'm still thinking of you and you're still yeah you and we're still us and so yeah. easy just to let the days go by and the evenings go by and not think, to make a connection and also making that connection which is not related to your children is really important mm. so I know it's not just about date nights, but if we do manage to get out for dinner, just the two of us, then a lot of the time we've said, well, okay, for the first 10 minutes, we're going to quickly run through anything to do with the kids, the house, family, admin, whatever it is. And then we're not going to talk about any of that stuff anymore. We're going to talk about other things like the rest of the world and things that are going on and not just keep talking about the kids, which I think is really easy to do. So I think even that, it doesn't have to be big romantic gestures. It's just about keeping that connection no, going. No, no, yeah. no. Sometimes the unexpected, smaller gestures that kind of mean yes. more. Yeah. Basically, I always think if I make my husband laugh. Yeah. Because we always, you know, laugh together, which hopefully most people do with their partner. But it's that thing where I still get a kick out of making him laugh. Yeah. And so that always makes me think, oh, yeah. we're in a good place because we, yeah. we're sharing jokes. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. I got into bed the other day and I couldn't stop laughing about something. We were both lying in bed. It was a really late night. We were supposed to be having an early night. We were lying there laughing. And then I couldn't stop, though. I couldn't stop. I, <laughs> I kept thinking the same. And he then started to get quite cross. He was like, now stop it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, now you're being so grumpy. Can't we? Anyway, I agree. It's good. So any tips for people listening on childproofing your relationship? What would you say? Talk. Yeah. Don't always be really grumpy like mm. I am sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> go for a walk. Yeah, have your own time. Have a bath, go for a walk. Yeah. Go for a walk. Uh, oh, have a bath. No, not together. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the best hotel I ever went to had twin tubs next to each other with a TV at the end. That's <laughs> nice. That was That's really nice. nice. Oh, my God. Barnsley sharing my bath, though. Barnsley no. house in the Cotswolds. Oh, yeah. Twin tubs with a TV. I mean, that was brilliant. Yeah, that's You're nice. going to do that in your new house. <laughs> Be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, wouldn't it? But also, part of the childproofing your relationship, I think if you're looking after yourself, because I think it's when you feel tired, grumpy, run down, like you're doing everything, that's when it can be tough because yeah. you will take it out on your partner. But actually, I think if you just look after yourself and stay kind of Also, sane. I think sometimes it's good to say, are you okay? Because I feel like yes. quite often it's me, the one that's kind of complaining that yeah. I'm the most tired and the you know, busiest and sometimes... They're equally really busy, but yeah. I never ask if they're okay, which is perhaps my downfall. Maybe I don't other think people you're are the kinder only one. than me. They're not very no. good at saying they're not okay. Yeah. But maybe that's where a walk comes in. Yes. It's nearly the end of the school term. You're not in the school term time system not, yet. Not yet. We're still in the sweet spot where we can go on holiday whenever we like. Well, enjoy it. <laughs> my God, they go by so blimming quickly. I mean, it's literally just been half term, and I felt a bit anxious this morning. Like suddenly the C word is really looming. Mm. Someone mentioned 
Christmas shopping today and I was like, oh God, don't even go there. But when do you start thinking about the C word? In terms of logistics, relatively early on because we have London family, we have Derbyshire family. So it's kind of that which parent we're going to see, where we're going to be, who's going to be with us. So that presence wise, try and hold that off as long as possible, to be honest, because <laughs> no point in starting too early anyway, because this week he's into Paw Patrol. Next week, he's going to be into something else. And you're like, well, we need to wait until he actually has decided on the present that he actually wants before we buy it. And then we're like, nope, doesn't like that anymore. No more Peppa Pig, no more Peppa Pig. So I have bought one present so far. One? Yes. And it's actually for my husband, so... Mm-hmm. Well, well done you, that's one more than me. <laughs> Georgina? Well, I know for you it doesn't start until after your son's birthday. No, 23rd November onwards, I will turn my attention to Christmas. Okay. But yeah, I get the phone calls from the relatives going, so what do they want for Christmas? Mm-hmm. And I just find that the most one of the most stressful focus of the year. So I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea, and I'm probably going to think about it around the 15th of December, what everyone's going to have. Are yours not old enough when you could say, could you ask them yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, they are, but then they'll just come out with something a bit ridiculous so I need to just be a little bit involved still or check that they don't say the same thing to everybody yes (laughs) finally the same thing yes 13 sets of walkie talkies yeah right Laura about you I mean I have started thinking about it I'm from quite a big family so I feel like I have to kind of spread the cost a bit otherwise it's December is a very expensive month so yes I've done a couple of bits I mean I've by no means done lots and lots but I have done a couple of bits for the children something for Ed yeah Good for you. Oh, well done. No, I suddenly feel like, you know, Dari's getting busy. Yes. It's only going to get more There's also a you. wonderful Christmas gift guide going live. There is. <laughs> <laughs> will help you with all your problems. It always does. It always does. <laughs> Parenting gets quite a tough rap. How do you feel about that? Any words of wisdom? People always say to me that they listen to our podcast and they were feeding their children through the night. <laughs> Sleepless nights, so people always come up to me and go, oh, your podcast, when I was awake in the middle of the night, feeding a child, kept me human. If anyone's listening to this at three in the morning thinking, this is not what I was promised. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say, Helen? It's like everything, it's all about balance, isn't it? But I think people talking about how hard parenting is, it has been a good thing for a lot of people because obviously in you know all seriousness when people are finding it really difficult and they think that everyone else is coping and they're not coping mm. having people talking or even joking about the hard bits and the tricky bits and the bits that aren't going the way they think they're going actually is really yeah. helpful to them and like everything in life mm. the problem yeah. and I mean you don't want to be one of those people who is always just sort of slagging off their kid for laughs I mean that's the other thing because then the, on the flip side there's people who are desperately trying to have children and they don't want to hear yeah. about how shit you're finding it mm. today because they yeah. love to be in that situation Yeah. but I mean it's like everything you have a terrible day you have a terrible day and you're feeling terrible and you think oh god I was so impatient and then your kid says something hilarious to you and everything changes. Yeah, you say, you say that. I'm sitting here with a book next to me called How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids. Which I need that. Exactly. I know. We I know do. Well, so do I, which is why I called it in. I think it lands on my desk and I thought, well, I'll keep that one. And it says effective strategies for stressed out parents. Anyway, I haven't read it yet, but I opened it out on a page just a couple of weeks ago and the page said, put down your damn phone. Yeah. And weirdly, it's kind of stuck with me. And the last couple of weeks, I've been with the children and I'm quite bad because I get so many emails from work a day. I get quite inbox anxious if there's too many building up that I didn't get back to. And I've actually learnt... I don't know why this book's had a bit of an effect on that. And I, I'm getting home now after school, I've done the school run and I'm doing a bit of homework before I start work again. 
I'm now like just putting down my phone and I didn't touch my phone for three hours of the day. I was like, that has <laughs> never happened before. And I was really proud of myself actually. And did you feel when you were with your kids, did you feel like more present and Yeah, more I did. Sometimes they say to me, they oh, you're always on your phone, you're always on your phone. And I'm like, do you know how many things I'm juggling at the moment? Someone says, said to me once, you shouldn't put that on your children. But equally, I need my children to know that I I've got quite a lot on my plate at the yeah, moment. I think it's all right to say that. Yeah, do you? I don't yeah. know. Someone said once, don't ever make them feel guilty about your sort of lack of time. Right, okay. I wouldn't call it making them feel guilty. I would just say you're explaining, you know, there's an email I need to reply to. I tried that the other day. One of them had um, something they were doing at school. And I'm pretty good. Like, I do school run twice a week. I do a pick-up, but I don't take them in any mornings now. And I'm just like, if there's anything going on at school, I always make sure I'm there. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's a church play or cross-country or whatever it is, I'm there. But actually, the school runs, I don't need to be doing that, but I will always go to the thing because I can. And the other day, I said to my eldest, I was like, I can't come. And she got really upset. And I was like, I just need you to understand that I have got a lot on with the hat with living in a building site. A lot on at the moment, and I can't come to everything. And I was like, have I ever missed anything? And she just didn't get it. Anyway, I then felt so guilty. I rearranged my meeting, and I went. But it was this one thing I couldn't really move from work. Anyway, I did move it, and I did go, because I felt so bad. But I was like, I'm trying to reason with an eight-year-old who doesn't really understand. Yeah, mm. and so I guess the older they get, as the well, easiest. the more they're aware that they yeah. want you to be there. My children do say to me, are you always on your phone? Anyway, so I saw that and I was like, you are right, book. And I put it on my phone. It does feel quite good. I think, yeah, we've all noticed the effects. Uh, Georgina, what about you? You're in a whole different stage. I don't know if it's an easier stage. I'm somewhere in the middle harder. of you and Helen. I see women walking down the street with a newborn baby in the pram. And I'm like, oh, that just seems like the easy bit to me in a way. But you don't realise it at the time. But maybe that's like every phase. When you look back on it, it never seems yeah. as bad as it felt at that moment. So I think, I'm really with you actually, Helen. I think the more people talk about that it can be tough, the better, because I think a lot of people are their own worst enemy and or they struggle with how they feel. And it right, can bring up a lot of feelings that people don't necessarily expect to have when they become a parent, sometimes even to do with perhaps their own upbringing and their own relationships with their parents. It's an incredibly complicated experience and it's unique to everyone so Mm. I think you just look after yourself be really kind to yourself and just enjoy the good days and Mm. don't beat yourself up on on the bad days talking and realizing that everyone's got their own battles everyone's struggling with things however perfect some other might look things are not what they seem yeah everyone is struggling with something I always think and I think if you remember that plus you need your like comforting you need your whatsapp mum friends who you can basically say anything to and they won't judge you if you're just feeling terrible in the moment you can say it and it goes no further yeah, yeah. Friday your old friend. Friend. <laughs> with some wine I think that's always my favourite yeah, I agree <laughs> but Friday tea and a G&T yeah <laughs> sounds good I think that's all we've got time for thank you so much for joining thank us thank you for having me Helen and if you're in the market for a new read then go get yourself a copy of the school run that's it this week if you enjoyed that then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.